but the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. And I am going to read several verses of Scripture here. It's a very familiar passage if you've read your Bible much. It says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Time to be born, a time to die. Time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. Time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. This morning, for just a few moments, with the help of the Lord, I want to speak to us, preach to us from this thought. It's time. It's time. Lord, I'm asking that you would touch, that you would minister this morning. You would anoint my lips of clay, that you would help me to communicate your word, that we would receive what you have. I ask in the name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. We're here today celebrating Independence Sunday because some colonies stood up and they drafted a letter and said it's time. We've talked about freedom. We've talked about being a free nation. We've talked about having our own government, and it's time. Now, on a much, 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 much more simpler note, yesterday I got the brain chive in my little pea brain that I'm fixing to make me some raised garden beds. I like to garden. The only problem is, is the... The people I help garden, the gardens that I raid, if you will. I don't know how much helping I do, but I'm a great garden raider when they're not looking. They're a distance away, so I've got the bright idea that I'm going to build me some raised garden beds. I began to get online. I began to look at plans. I found what I thought would look nice and what would suffice that would, you know, it would be something within my abilities as a carpenter to put together. If you know me very well at all, I am not a carpenter. I've never made that boast to be a carpenter, but I made up my mind it is time for me to get these raised beds. I already had it planned out in my mind what I'm going to plant this fall, how I'm going to put it together, how I've got it designed. I looked at potato boxes, boxes that you could grow 100 pounds of potatoes in, just a box. It looked amazing. Something that would be festive, decorative around the house. But, but in the midst of my planning, my loving, beautiful wife very gently sat down beside me and I began to express my dreams. And she said, babe, that sounds wonderful. And she said, I would love nothing more than to have some pretty raised garden beds here at the house. She said, but... I have to ask you this. Are you going to be able to find the time to do this? She said, you know, you kind of have a way of coming up with plans. And sometimes, babe, sometimes, just sometimes, 
it never gets done. So I'm just asking you, do you think you will have time? That is a very polite way of saying, babe, I know that you can be a procrastinator. Yes, I said it. That is me from time to time. I am a procrastinator. I just get busy, and time seems to slip through my fingers. So, after I tuck my pride back in my pocket and picked up my plans, I'm still going to build my raised garden beds. I have a resounding resolve to get it done now. But from the earliest ages of men, there has been the desire within mankind to keep up with time. At first, it was sundials and water clocks. These were some of the very first devices that were used to keep track of time. Later would come the hourglass. Further along would come tower clocks, which were developed, they say, somewhere around 1270 to 1300. It seems that mankind has always felt a need to keep up with the one thing that you and I cannot control. The one thing that I cannot harness, the one thing that I cannot make do what I want it to do. And ladies and gentlemen, that is time. We find in Genesis chapter 1 and verses number 14 that the Lord would set the days, that He would set the time, that He would put seasons in place, that He would bring all of that together and time was set by God, and as much as you and I want to try to handle time, it's like sand. It slips through your fingers. It goes uh, through your hands. You can't fully grasp time. And When Adam and Eve would fall in the garden and they would sin, and they would walk away from God because of an error in judgment and lapse of a moment, not only did they find that the ground would be cursed, but the Lord told him that from dust were you formed and from dust shall you return. And at that moment, time began to click and to tick against humanity. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says that a man is appointed once to die. In other words, a man has a set time of life. You and I live in a world that revolves around a clock. I was awakened this morning earlier than I wanted to be by the sound of an alarm clock going off. My day is planned around a clock. My time is managed around a clock. Listen to me very carefully. We may manage our time, but I never have been able to control time. You may plan certain aspects of your day. You may go through setting everything in motion for your day. You may start with an alarm clock. You may have it uh, positioned to where you're going to accomplish X, Y, and Z at certain times and certain points of the day. But make no mistake about it, because I try to manage my time, I don't control the days of my life the years of my life. And quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, even with my best plans, there are times that I can't even manage time. Time is that one thing that seems to be elusive. 
Time is that one thing that if we knew, just give me a certain start point and a certain end point, and I could somewhat control time. It seemed like it took forever to turn 18. It took eons of time. The scripture says, as one day is as a thousand years to the Lord. I believe that was the case from 1 to 18, Brother Jeremy. It took forever. I wanted to drive. I wanted independence. I wanted freedom. And then I hit 18, and I thought, I have arrived. I'll be 43 this year. And every year goes faster and faster and faster and faster. Somewhere along the lines, I got overweight, I got fat, I got bald-headed. What I had left turned gray. Things that were not supposed to happen. At 18, that seemed eons away. And now it stares me in the face every day. I'm no longer a young man. Some of you older ones are saying, oh, yeah, you are. No, I'm not. I'm what they call middle age. I've hit the midpoint of my life, and it happened at such a rapid rate that I find myself thinking, oh, my goodness. Every year is faster. Everything seems to fly by. It's June. It's July. Then it's Christmas. And then I start all over again, and I have more aches, and I have more pains, and I get older, and I look older, and I've just embraced it, okay? For all of our efforts to keep up with time, there is, if we're not careful, within our minds, the thought that I can control it because I can manage it. Hear me today. Hear me today. We laugh and we joke about time going fast, that it goes quickly, that it's here and it's gone. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to submit to us today, why in the world is it when it comes to surrendering to God, I'm always putting it off. I'm always procrastinating. It will happen one day. There will come the day that I will make up my mind, that I will humble myself, and I'll bow myself at a a place of repentance, and, and I will... Uh, repent and I'll turn and I'll, there'll be a change in me. I, I'm around the church and, and I'm here when, when the doors are open and I love God and I, I believe in God and one day I will make everything right but in this one moment and aspect and day of my life I'm just going to say I'll get it tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow. I'll repent tomorrow. I'll make it right tomorrow. I'll make things right with my maker but today I'm going to just kind of brush it aside ladies and gentlemen the sad reality is is that you and I are not promised tomorrow I'm not promised next week I'm not promised next month as much as I'm looking forward to a garden if you will coming up next year I can already see the tomatoes I can already see the squash I'm already envisioning how it's going to look hear me today I do not have that guarantee of next year That's why Paul writing to the church in Corinth would say this, that today is the day of salvation.
I don't have next month. I don't have next week. I don't even have tomorrow guaranteed me. The one thing that is staring me in the face is now. And I want to submit to us today, it is time. It is time. It is time to make a move. It's time. Not when I'm older. Not when I've experienced a little bit more of life. Today, now, it's time to move. It's time to make that step. It's time to take that leap. It's time to say, God, you know what? You've given me the opportunity to surrender it all. Here I am. You don't understand, I can manage my life, I can handle my life, I can go through the things of my life. I hear you, but one day, one day, one day I'll have everything in place, one day I'll find a place, one day I'll make everything right. Luke chapter 12 tells a parable of a man, a rich man, a man who had planned for life. A man who had taken care of things in his life. He had become prosperous. He had become wealthy. And in this particular year, the Bible says that his crops brought forth abundantly. He couldn't even put all of his stuff in the barns. It was a great problem to have. And he makes this statement in the parable. He said, I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger barns. And I'm going to house my stuff, and I'm going to live comfortably. I'm going to tell my soul, soul, take your ease, rest, and enjoy. I'm not here bashing success. I thank God for success. I'm not here saying don't, go, don't, don't reach for dreams and goals financially and plan for your life. That's not what I'm saying. You do that. But in the midst of all of that, you need to make sure that you keep time for him. This man had been very successful. He had handled everything in life. His portfolio looked great. His stocks were in order. They were thriving. His 401k had maxed and climbed to a point where he said, you know what? I'm going to take my lump sum. I'm going to invest it. I'm going to build bigger barns, and I am going to enjoy life. The Bible says that that night, the Lord came to him and he said, Thy fool, for tonight thy soul is required of thee. What happened? Time. I never read that this man was a bad man. I never read that this man was an evil man. No doubt he had managed his life. He had managed his time. Obviously, he was successful. He had it together. But there was one thing that he did not take into account. And that was that you can't control time when it comes to God. There's a set time. There's a set day. I don't know it. You don't know it. I don't know when it will be. I don't know when that hour is going to tick. And that's why I'm telling you today, it's time.
it's time. If you're ever going to live for God, it's time. If you're ever going to make some things right, it's time. If you're ever going to overcome and get delivered, it's time. If you're ever going to see your marriage restored, you're going to have to swallow your pride. It's time to find an altar and say, God, whatever you want to do in my life and however you desire to move in me, here I am. It's time. Today is the day, not next month, not next year. Today. To everything, there is a season and a time and a purpose. I can know the season. I may have figured out the the purpose, but no man knows the time. Jonah... So very comfortable. He had been given an order to, by God, to go preach to a city called Nineveh, and he hated Nineveh. He didn't want anything to do with Nineveh. And I'm just going to pull something from this. Jonah runs from the Lord, he boards a ship, he sets sail. And he gets out to sea, and he falls asleep, and the Lord sends a storm. And everybody else is praying. Everybody else is scared to death. They're praying to whatever gods they have. But Jonah has got so comfortable in his life and in his world that the storm that was sent specifically to get his attention doesn't faze him. He's asleep. He'd become so comfortable living life that when God was trying to get a hold of him and and get his attention and reach for him and pull at him and shake him, he was unmovable because he was fast asleep. Everyone else is is scared to death. Everyone else is trying to figure out how we're going to survive. Everyone else is bailing water. Everyone else is trying to keep the ship from capsizing except Jonah. Jonah's asleep because he's so comfortable. But time is ticking. I question today, am I so comfortable in my life? Living my life, going through the motions that I have spiritually been lulled to sleep. And I can look around and see the culture, and I see the climate changing, and I see the storm clouds gathering. And I know that the coming of the Lord is soon at hand. And I know that He's going to come soon, quickly. But I've become so comfortable that I find myself spiritually asleep. And everybody else is is talking about it's coming. Everybody else is saying, you know what, it's not looking too good. Everybody else is saying, you know, the coming of the Lord is at hand. But I'm so comfortable in my time that I'm, I'm just finding myself asleep. I've come today to tell somebody, somebody under the sound of my voice, it's time! can't put it off anymore it's time told you I wasn't going to be long winded 
these singers and musicians would come. This past week, I had something happen that shook me. I went to work Friday or Monday. It was a normal Monday, busy, catching up from the weekend. Tuesday found me back at the office, just living my life, doing my thing. I was getting ready to start my day when a lady that works for us came in and she said, you know, she said, the guy that works just north of us, about an hour away in a little town, she said, he left Thursday, took off Friday. We hadn't heard from him yesterday. That's very much unlike him. He doesn't have a lot of family, nobody around. They looked at me and they said, can you go take care of the service calls in that area? And if you don't mind, swing by and check on this individual. Just make sure he's okay. Make sure that he knows that we're here for him, we care about him. I said, sure, no problem. As I drove away, and I turned my truck north and began to make my journey, something just weighed heavy on my spirit. It's an uncomfortable feeling. Couldn't shake it. Made the hour drive. Pulled up, saw the house that they had told me to go to. Company truck sitting there, personal truck sitting there. I got out of the truck, walked to the door, began to knock on the door. No answer. It was still, it was quiet, too quiet. It was just a heaviness that I began to feel, an uncertainty. made the arrangements, called. Police came. Went inside. And there was a man that was gone. That quick. That quick. Time was gone. That bothered me. But as I began to drive away, and couldn't shake it. it stayed on me. stayed heavy on me. And then the reality, Brother Jerry, the first person that found this man was an apostolic preacher. The first encounter that took place after he left this world was with a man that if I'd have had the opening, I could have shared the gospel with him. Places all around there, I could have taken him. We could have found a place to have baptized him. I could have explained everything to him. I could have reached him. But there was no more time. I was there, standing at the door of his house. Knocking as hard as I could. But 
there was no more time. I don't know this gentleman. I don't know where he's at today. I, I don't know. But as I walked away from there, and that reality hit me. A couple days later, I was praying about this service. And I said, God, what am I going to tell your people? I can stand here today and I can honestly tell you I love everybody in this building. I have no stone to throw. I have no axe to grind. You are my family. I said, God, what am I going to tell your people? I don't want it to be my knowledge or my wisdom. You already know I can't hardly even build a raised garden bed. Okay? What am I going to tell them? Something hit my spirit and said, Tell them it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to make the move. It's time to surrender it. It's time to let it go. It's time. It's time. Stand with me this morning. I love each and every one of you. And I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know where you're at in your walk with God. But I do know this. I don't want to have to stand over any of you precious people and feel the hopelessness that I felt in the atmosphere standing out there rapping on a door that would not open. Not knowing if the person inside had made everything right or if they were as far away from God as possible. I, I don't want to feel that over this church, over this community. I don't want to feel that. And so I've come today simply to tell you what I felt God laid on my heart so strong, and that is simply this. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for us to walk with God. It's time for us to lay everything down. It's time to find an altar of repentance. It's time to be buried in that precious, lovely, saving name of Jesus and baptism. It's time to say, God, here I am. Fill me up. I want to be ready. They're going to begin to sing softly. And I want us to just find a place to pray all over this sanctuary. When we turn this place, the front's open. These altars are open. If you want to pray at your seat, you can do that. But let's find an altar. Let's build an altar. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But I would rather wound your pride a little bit than stand over you when there's no more time. Can we find a place all over this building? God, here I am. I've been running for a while. I've told you one day I'll make it right. I've told you that there will come the day when I make it right. But God, it's today.
that again, would you just put your arm around somebody if it's appropriate? Can we just pray for one another? I don't